You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Hartigan Stapes and Broughton invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hartigan, and the other guy over there, he is my work abusive stepdad. And today, we are recapping Panama. And this is a strange experience. My mic is both faded up and not distorting. <laughs> Aha, I, must I say guess I, they're... Yeah, I've become accustomed to far poorer audio quality. Is there something we can do about that? Just maybe like make me sound like I'm talking through a kazoo or like a mile <laughs> away from the microphone? These guys are talking about the technological differences that we experienced in Panama. More on that coming up later in the show. I came up with a Panama quiz for you guys. And as I was doing it, well, not really a quiz so much as like one of my stupid games. And uh, yeah, as I was doing it, I realized that James doesn't make up any more quizzes. James, did you find the money to have Matt added to the show specifically so you wouldn't have to write quizzes anymore? Well, the irony is I was outsourcing to Matt 99% of the time anyway. He just now gets paid for it. So he's no longer slave labor. <laughs> Ironically, this week, the quiz was outsourced by Matt. Wait, what? More details just, later in the show. That's, that's just the, uh, apparently that is just uh, how you do it. You just get someone else to do your job for you. I've been doing it wrong this whole time. I'm coming to you from Fargo today, guys. You know what's, what I'm missing in LA? There's a Los Pollos Hermanos pop-up restaurant. Oh, wow. In LA right now while I'm gone, yeah. Is that to promote season three of Better Call Saul? Uh, it must be. It must be. Uh, last time I actually, when I was in LA, I went to um, a Makita's Donuts they made from Wayne's World. Uh, at the NBA All-Star Game. That was pretty cool. Please tell me they're uh, not making another Wayne's World movie. No, no, no. It was for the NHL All-Star Game. Okay, fair enough. Wait, what's the matter with Wayne's World? We can stop the show. Just uh, sh oh, shut no. it down. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, everyone, shut it down. Let's, uh, we've got to have a serious conversation with Joe. Go what? on, Joe. Say no, what you no, need Wayne's say. World is fine, but if they were to bring it back now, it would be beyond embarrassing because they're, 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 they're a little bit old now. Oh, because they're old. Okay. Yeah. What would what would be worse, old Wayne's World or rebooted Wayne's World? Oh God, that's like, it's it's a race. <laughs> <laughs> there you are, there's one for your list. Like seven deuce versus ten tray <laughs> off. So I uh, I did mention I'm missing the Los Pollos Hermanos pop up, but uh, I got something a Fargo delicacy last night, guys. I got a taco pizza. Right. Talk us through which this. Is, well, it's basically two things they already can't get right in Fargo, and they decided <laughs> to mix them together. So this is the man who is observing a fad diet where you don't eat before noon, and he thinks that's going to sort him out. But a taco pizza, that's fine. <laughs> well, uh, taco pizza, as I like to call it, a box of sadness slash rock bottom. <laughs> like, that's really what it oh. felt like. <laughs> anyway, all right, moving on, because we're still in the intro, apparently. I'm pretty sure Panama's be one of those stops we're talking about for years to come. we got a few of those stories ready to share with you guys today. We have a final table recap, of course, uh, which we had to broadcast in a less-than-usual way. And in Super Fan vs. Stapes, we've got Kai Waddell, very frequent contributor to our show. She is from Canada, and she is challenging me to Jason Somerville trivia, and we might have a guest appearance from the man himself. Well, there's the reveal. Now you know who the quiz was outsourced to. Who better to come up with questions about Jason Somerville than Jason Somerville? Exactly. I love how J uh, James knew that this would be the reveal for me, knowing that I wouldn't have read his notes in the running order <laughs> until... 
we're actually live on It's air. been six years, Joe. Uh, during that time, <laughs> I've adjusted to your working methods. <laughs> Before we get to Panama, it's been a while since we've done any social media. Let's check out the old mailbag. Honestly, yeah, you know what? I don't really have the heart for this today. I'm in a good mood. I don't know why, but oh. uh, you guys are making me laugh. and I'm, So I don't know if I really... We just some quick, or maybe a quick thing. There's no way. There's no way. It's been like at least four or five episodes since you last had a social media beef with someone. There is no way you can go six in a row without finding someone to nitpick. There were plenty, to be honest, but so much stuff's happened since then, like Panama and the aftermath of that, that I don't really care anymore. <laughs> but just, well, just, just one or two things. Just one or two things, really quick. Uh, the kid who said that X Men First Class is rubbish. You guys can get on board with me on this one, right? Yeah. What well, he uh, he wasn't joking. He really thinks it's rubbish. Yes. I think he is going to get three votes for him to eat a giant pile of <laughs> shit. That's right. We're any infraction whatsoever today. Um, and just that one uh, super fan, Andrew, who is on. Andrew he, like, Peeper. After, yeah, Andrew Peeper. Like after the show, he like skyped me some notes. He was like, "Hey, just a just a couple of notes on the show." <laughs> <laughs> also, and we love you, Andrew, and obviously we appreciate your custom, but he was chasing his chop pot hoodie within like seven days of the podcast being recorded and not being funny. It's got to make its way from the UK to, to Las Vegas, Nevada. It's, it's not a short trip. Yeah, Andrew, so eat a big old pile of male shit. <laughs> uh, I, that's all I really got. I, I wanted to spend some time talking about movies and TV for one second because I gave James a really hard time. For, <laughs> for how much he loved the OA. Yeah. I will tell you that I watched the OA on a plane, and I cried from the last 15 minutes of the first episode through the first 40 minutes of the second episode. <laughs> that show is so... Like, I, I was sobbing the entire time, and I just had to stop because I was like, I can't take this anymore. Like, I just can't handle the emotion. Have you finished it? No, I'm only on like episode four or five now. It is so fucking beautiful, though. Yeah, no like, spoilers. No spoilers. I, and no spoilers. It's just like I don't even know how something this beautiful ends up in the hands of human beings to begin <laughs> with. Like, it, it, it's it's poetry. Like, it's fucking uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, while we're talking about planes, and um, before we get to the journey home from Panama, one story I forgot to tell you guys while we were actually there at the PokerStars Championship was about my flight to Panama mm -hmm. because to be fair Matt I think your journey was far more interesting because you just done Rosvedov but I did the, effectively the same journey as Matt going from Frankfurt to Panama and one of the players on my flight was a German chap who we've encountered on more than one occasion by the name of Gilles Berniers. Oh, God. Yes. You may remember Gilles as the runner-up in the Dublin main event last year, the guy who got heads up against Dmitry Ivanovich, who was famous for two things. One was his sensational four-deuce bluff that got called. Yeah. The other is the fact that he breathed heavily for 60 seconds on every single action. I do, I do have visions of being on a plane with him and that the airbags would just drop down immediately as soon as they close the doors because well, he's sucking all the oxygen out of <laughs> the cabin. And there is the thing. So he sat a couple of rows behind me and we basically kind of do the kind of classic, like, oh, hi, acknowledge, and he kind of smile, has that knowing smile, like, yeah. how much fucking mileage have you got out of me over the course of the last <laughs> year with your top fives in your... <laughs> and when they're doing the safety demonstration... And they talk about if there's a loss of air pressure, <laughs> oxygen mask will fall from the ceiling. I just look over my shoulder and go, eh, eh, 
<laughs> and give him a look, and he gives me a little smile. Oh, bless him. Oh. Um, I, uh, I rode in the elevator with him in Panama at one point, and uh, all I could think to say to him was, like, this very similar thing happened. He walked out. I'm like, hey, what's up? And he just kind of, you know, nods a little, doesn't say much. And I just go, hey, been in the pool yet? Uh, the only event from the journey home worth mentioning was when I completely lost my shit <laughs> at Panama Airport. And I'm, so, I'm just sorry to interrupt you, but the funny thing was, a little look behind the curtains, as I was putting together like what things might I want to talk about on the show, I'd already put down a story I wanted to tell, but I thought maybe I should like protect the innocent, so maybe we do it as a Sandy the Degenerate fucks, in that there were these two posh dickheads i bumped into at the airport <laughs> making such a fuss they needed to check their privilege like no one has ever needed to check their privilege before check but, your privilege and your baggage but then i saw that that james had probably put something on the running order that probably is the same story so, so sorry about that i just just it was such a story it had to get into the show somehow Let's, okay, i'm excited to hear this after you've cleared <laughs> security at panama airport so you've done the belt off shoes off Everything in a bag, everything oh, in boxes. Oh, they have the other metal detector right outside the gate. Yeah. Not just a metal detector right outside the gate, but the scanner as well. Scanner, yeah. So the problem is, if you've bought water in the terminal to take off, to take on the flight, you basically have to hand it in. You're not allowed to take water into the departure lounge or onto the plane. I thought it was a less strenuous... Nope exercise there and that certain things were going to get through that nope, interesting nothing. same deal computers out li liquids into bags and any liquids that are drinks for example have to be surrendered so having just spent money on enough water to last me a 12-hour flight <laughs> i was slightly pissed off that that was being removed and, and also i'm again sorry to interrupt sorry to interrupt Jess, but joe oh my god what you don't know is that I was surprised by the size of Panama Airport. Pretty impressive airport. We must have walked seven miles around this <laughs> bloody thing trying to find the perfect place to buy water. Once it had finally been settled upon, James, James goes wait, to what the... Were, wait, 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 wait. What were the requirements? Like, why was the... Trying like, to find what, a shop that had a working credit card machine yes. because I'd run out of US dollars. So James is up to the counter in all these places with like 16 litres in various different size bottles. And then they're like, you know, obviously running at Panama speed of service, like really slowly taking your card and really doing and there's just this young guy i had to leave the shop is there was a young guy going it's not working and james like bloody hell this bloody third world country bloody technology it's 2017 and you're telling me that your credit card and i had to leave and i just stood outside hiding and then ben came out first shaking his head i was like did, did he manage to pay for it? No, 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 he didn't manage for it. So James out, bloody hell, back on the Travelator, another six miles across Panama Airport to another place, finally gets the water. And then he was so stressed. We're in the queue for this second level of security. James is absolutely fucking fizzing. Are they going to take my water? If they take my water, I'm going to have something to do. And I'm saying, well, it doesn't make sense. And, and to be honest, I've never experienced it because normally no. once you're through the big security line, well, now every product for sale on this side... Well, you're in departures land, so you should be safe. And I'm going, no, I think you'll be fine, mate. I, it wouldn't make sense. Serious oh, question. Boy. What about people who bought duty-free, who bought booze or perfumes? The duty-free um, is waiting on the other side of that from you. Like, I bought some duty-free stuff, but it was uh, they don't hand it to you in the store. Oh, it's one of they those. They deliver it to you at the, yeah. at the gate. Maybe I should have asked them to deliver my water to me. <laughs> other side of the gate. So, so they, they surrendered it. I, I, well, not in all seriousness, I was fucking livid because... They I would have been pretty pissed about that too. Um, yeah. I, I don't think I would have said anything because I'm like afraid of 
going to jail for the rest oh, of my don't life. Don't get me wrong, I was just not. taking out on some poor Lufthansa employee who had nothing <laughs> really to do did. with the policy. But you, we were then left in this kind of like roped off area for a good like 20, 30 minutes before yeah, we boarded yeah. the flight. Wait, are you saying that James wanted to rant to somebody but knew better than to do it to the people who are actually responsible well, so then did it to some, like, poor ticket agent instead? <laughs> there was some poor 17-year-old girl <laughs> who was like, excuse me, excuse me, are you, are you, right, so this regulation, who is this regulation? Is it is it the airport's regulation or is it Lufthansa's regulation? And she was going, you'll be on the plane in a minute. I'm thirsty now. What if I want to drink now? I've got nothing to drink now. What about now? Where's my water now? And on, I, again, I had to try and move away to a different section of the roped off area. It was kicking off. Okay, but let's just say the hilarity of the situation is that the roped off area was about as secure as... A rope that you can duck under. Exactly. We could easily <laughs> just rolled out, gone to the shop, got more water, could have got someone to hand us water over the bloody barrier. But anyway, we're in this area which was really hot and not air conditioned properly for a good 30 minutes, and I was genuinely thirsty. <laughs> By the way, like James is the kind of person who just thinks like being thirsty is enough to justify whatever has to happen for him to not be <laughs> thirsty anymore. Many of us are thirsty for much of the day and we just go, I'll get a drink later. <laughs> yeah, that's what you'd imagine, isn't it? Do you, so you guys took the same flight also or are you just there yes. for the same yeah. time? Yes, yeah, yeah. no, we were on the same flight. So we got onto the plane and Matt is in the, we basically did a deal where we swapped seats because I was going to attempt to sleep on the flight failed so i had every intention of putting my seat back and matt's like oh bloody hell because obviously he would be behind me so the deal we did is that matt would sit in front of me because he's a cyborg doesn't actually need any rest so he's going to be upright for the entire flight so i benefit from that and he benefits from not having me in his knees well it's more because i knew i was going to have to kill the whole of the flight watching films and if the chair in front of you is at like a 45 degree angle it, it kind of make it harder to see the screen so we'd done the switcheroo sadly as soon as we sat down i immediately thought i was going to want to swap because the guy next to me looked like he had <laughs> every allergy that has ever no, been recorded no to me. No, and well, it's you know there was that tense moment where clearly we were both assessing our new neighbours that weren't <laughs> our proper neighbours in case we wanted to change our minds. But my guy, I thought I'm definitely going to end up with a cold. But it turned out he was just allergic to planes, oxygen, seats, <laughs> cushions, menus, food, wine, water, Coca Cola. This poor guy, his face was just bristling red, and he's spent the whole time. Scratching himself like Brad Pitt in Twelve Monkeys. Did you hear him like tell the flight attendant that he was allergic to everything or what? No, like it was just it was just my assessment. I I personally had a very special uh, relationship with my stewardess because as I'm getting ready to spend eleven hours watching films, I get the little blanket. I mean, it was cold on that plane. Like, really, is there a door open? Kind of cold. I'm thinking this isn't going to help us sleep. But I got the little blanket. Like, like an old lady. <laughs> like your, an old lady. Your, you needed your afghan. Exactly. I got my little blanket out of my little polystyrene bag. But I, I must have had some some of my nails. I must have bitten or caught at some point because I kept catching my nails on the material of this blanket. And it was it was really bugging me in a really stupid way. Hang on a second. I'm getting shit for kicking off about not being allowed to bring water onto the flight. And you're complaining that my nails were, I'm catch not complaining. were catching this on the plane. This is in his own head, James. False equivalency. Fake news. I'm just, I'm just, you know, it's bugging me a bit. And I'm thinking I'm just going to end up ripping all these nails off. I go into my bag. I don't have a nail file because I'm just not that kind of prepared. Also, because you're you're on a plane and they may have taken it from you. Had you exactly, tried to bring it exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so one of the stewardesses walking up and down. I just grab and say, "This is a really weird request, but have you by any chance got a nail file?" Because I didn't know if in first class they've got some sort of little toiletries bags or something she can steal yeah. one from. And she's like, "Um, I don't know. Let me see what I can do." 
She comes back a few minutes later with what is what is clearly like her own from her handbag because it's in a little swivel thing. That's so, nice. So I'm very pleased with that, and I'm fine in a way, feeling a bit. Can you catch Can you catch a disease from someone else's nail file? Is I, that like a sanitary thing? I'm good it's question. DNA. Don't know. I mean, if I then immediately sucked on my fingers for eleven hours, probably, <laughs> but I didn't do that. Was the guy next to you allergic to the nail file? It might have been. That might have been what really set I have him my off. bag here, by the way, that I got on my flight. Oh, they, yeah, that's the sort of thing I thought there might have been an alpha in, but I can guarantee there probably won't be. Let so, me see. So, anyway, so anyway, so I've done done that. That's taking care of things. Thanks ever so much. And then when they come around with the food, because we are lucky enough to be traveling premium economy, they've given us our little menus. So you can see it's the chicken or the beef. Chicken or the beef or the pasta. Chicken or the beef or the pasta. And you know you have to watch the stewardess or whatever they're called these days. Flight attendants. Flight attendants. Walking down you the line. Watch, you gotta watch those air chicks. Exactly. Those air broads. And you know, they'll say to the guy in seat B, chicken beef or pasta? And they'll go, oh, chicken, please. And then she'll look at the guy in seat A or who go, what yeah. are the options? Chicken beef or pasta? <laughs> yes. And then they yes. come to the next row who goes, and what are the options? Chicken beef pasta. So when the girl, <laughs> so when the woman gets to me, who's the one that gave me the nail Use file? The beef. I go, chicken. She goes, oh. <laughs> and I said to her, well, when I'm not filing my nails, I'm reading menus. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm becoming a woman. Like, what's wrong with me? I've just said the most of it. Well, when I'm not following my nails, I'm reading menus. And I thought, what on earth have I just said to this woman in, a, in an attempt to kind of build a rapport with her? And, and she kind of just smiled at me in a patronising German way and went, here's your chicken. And then, just to cap it all, I thought, oh, what a stupid thing to say. Never mind. Later on, again, James and Ben, everyone's just asleep. I'm like the only conscious person apart from me and the pilot on the plane. I nipped down to the loo. And uh, it gets a bit turbulent. So, like a man sometimes had to do, I had to have a wee sitting down. I'm not ashamed about it. Sometimes you need to take care of your aim. I sit down at least once a day. Right, okay. I sat down and stupidly got my phone out of my pocket, which, of course, isn't working, but it's a habit. I'm sitting on a loo. I'm as a level of phone. <laughs> so I take my glasses off, which are for distance, so I can see my phone. And I put them in my gusset. I'm, again, I'm not ashamed to use the word gusset because I've got my, my trousers and my pants down. <laughs> James is looking at me like I'm an alien. But what I then do is I finish my business, I put my phone in my pocket, I, I stand up, I get dressed, I'm walking down the corridor of the plane thinking, God, things are looking a bit a bit fuzzy. Shit, where are my glasses? <laughs> and the woman's walking towards me, my girl from the filing and the chicken incident, oh, no. just in time to catch me look down and poking out the bottom of my jeans is the arm of my glasses where I've put them in my pants as I'm sitting on the loo, stood up, they've rattled their way down my trousers and now poking up. So this woman just sees me kind of limping, like with one leg shortening the other, up the aisle with a pair of glasses sticking out the bottom of my trousers, thinking, do you know what? How I'm looking at my watch, I've still got six hours of this flight. I'm thinking, what else can I do to ruin this woman's image of me? But luckily, I just watched films very quietly, kept to myself, no more filing. And when we departed the plane, Matt, yes. what did you not have with you? <laughs> I left my glasses behind. <laughs> I actually got down the stairs and there were like armed guards once again checking us for water because they'd heard James, the water baron of Panama, was coming in. So, yeah, I had to uh, I had to force my way back onto the plane to get my glasses I'd left behind. Not a great trip for me, but I was very tired. I watched a lot of films. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what happens when you don't put your glasses down your pants in the same place every single time. You've got to make it routine now. I probably will, Joe. I probably will. Uh, so what movies did you watch? Oh God, I watched uh, I watched uh, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind again, 
uh, uh, Goodwill Hunting, which I've never watched, so I watched that for oh the first time. Oh my god, time. you've never seen Goodwill never, Hunting? Never seen it, so I watched that. Uh, I watched uh, Kubo and the Two Strings, that was great. I watched some. Oh, the uh, one with Jeff Bridges being an old cowboy. Hell on high water. Hell on high water. Which is fine, but how did it get nominated for best picture? I th- I, I think that movie was excellent. I had no issue with it being like a long shot best picture nominee. Although I will say it was the only one of the nine nominees I saw this year. It, it was one of the nominees where I just had a feeling it wasn't going to go any further, so I hadn't watched it at awards time. So I was kind of catching up on stuff. I it's the same with Kubo. I should have watched that before the awards, but I didn't get around to it. So I can't really remember what else. Our oh, Beatles documentary. I just I just filled my boots with random films. I enjoyed The Accountant, thought Jason Bourne was meh. Um, I think most people who did the trip at some point, whether it was on the flight out or the flight back, watched Arrival. And for most people, that is the film of last year. A lot of people really, really into that one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I watched that on the way there. My flight had a really crappy entertainment system where the only new movie was La La Land and I couldn't bring myself to watch it because it's like two hours and ten minutes. And then I tried to watch this movie. They had some older movies on there. This one called Win Win with Paul Giamatti from a few years ago where he plays like a, you know, like an indie comedy. And it was edited for content. So like Seriously? What yeah, year so is this? I have no fucking idea. So when the, the very first scene in the movie is this little girl getting out of bed and she trips over something and she says, shoot. And I'm like, oh, that's cute. And then the very next scene, her mother breaks a dish and goes, shoot. And I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure that they're supposed to be saying shit. And actually, it's already ruined this movie. I'm not watching it. <laughs> yeah. Put down the gun, you muddy funsters. I, uh, <laughs> I accidentally slow rolled a new fan or a friend, though, on my flight. Uh, this guy. Uh, who I met down in Panama named Richard introduced himself to me and we ended up just chatting a little bit that night and chatting in line for the plane. And then when he got on, he was like, you know, in in the back and I was lucky enough to also fly premium economy. And he's like, he texts me and he's like, Oh my God, dude, are you in first class? And I was like, no, 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 it's not really, it's not really first class. It's just, you know, it's just, you know, one step above, no big deal. And he's like, Oh man, is there an empty seat? And I was like, no, and luckily there wasn't because if there was, that would have made me super uncomfortable. <laughs> Not because like I just met him, but like I hate that shit. Like people go in places where they don't belong. Um, and then as a joke, <laughs> oh, no, I like you mean you mean because his ticket is for economy, not because he doesn't belong with the better <laughs> people. <laughs> he's he's a, he's such scum. He doesn't belong up here. Um, but as a joke, I text him back. I'm like, nah, but I'm sure the guy next to me would like love to swap his seat for one in coach, and. I we uh a minute later he's like oh my god Woody really oh no no and I'm like no 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 I was just joking and he goes oh well I just asked the guy next to me if he'll switch with you if you want to come sit back here <laughs> I was just like I just didn't answer it till the other side oh I was man. like oh just got this oh Dang. I was asleep <laughs> Dang. Um, as we've talked about our respective journeys to and from Panama should we actually talk about what happened while we were there. Event Recap. Event Recap. Look, I uh, I think that today's episode was a slight bit of clickbait because I, I promised a bunch of stories from Panama and we we're going to use Sandy the Degenerate to protect the innocent, but I just can't. It's too fresh. Uh, maybe one day, maybe, uh, you know, maybe some of these stories will over the over time will be 
less weird, but I can't do it. We have some anyway. Though. There's plenty more to talk about. Panamania yeah. was an experience. And for the avoidance of doubt, this is Panama, which is in the Eastern Standard Time oh, Zone. God. <laughs> Are so you wait, sure? Okay, so, yeah. Matt, help me out here because help me piece this together. James is gets in this argument with a guy over Twitter. Um, and then uh, it seems like James is wrong for a minute, but then it turns out James is actually right. Is that what ended up happening? Yeah, James was mostly right. There was one brilliant moment where James had been so righteous and so so on it on Twitter. And then there was at one point he, he, he looked at me with fear in his eyes and went, oh, God, unless, <laughs> unless I've got this wrong. And he was like, quickly, I've got to Google it. I've got to Google it. And then the look of joy in his eyes was like, nope, I was right. The reason is, the reason is, Google is not very helpful in these situations. Because if you actually type into Google, what is the time right now, EST, it gives you the time in EDT. And I'm sorry, they're not the same thing. Eastern Standard Time does not become Eastern Daylight Time. They're two separate time zones. And that's what people fail to understand. A lot of people on the East Coast of America think that their time zone is always EST. And it just fluctuates by an hour, twice a year. <laughs> it was a beautiful thing to watch. I actually, you know what? It's like I get irritated at how often James is right, but I was with you, Matt, that he had gone so far with this argument that I actually didn't even want him to be wrong. Like, I would have got no pleasure out of it. No. Because I would have just felt bad. Like, it just would have destroyed it. <laughs> um, can we talk about for a moment how strange Panama is as a place? I went with very limited expectations i knew very little about panama but because i know a bit about its history and i guess there's been a very strong american influence over panama over the years i was slightly shocked and this is an observation by the way not a complaint at how little english is actually spoken there it really surprised me it was unusual it's been a really long time since i've really properly been somewhere where our lack of any other languages isn't helped out by everyone else's brilliant english and it surprised me especially considering we're we're staying in a pretty swishy place where you think tourism here is got to be what keeps it alive but I mean, we did have a couple of meals where it was proper sign language, and just kind of trying to I mind what a, a state looks pointing like. At yeah, well, yeah. I can I can blag my way through German and French, but Spanish is a language I just don't know, and so it was really embarrassing just trying to make yourself um, understood. Yeah. a lot of the time. I I kind of liked it because I do speak a little bit of Spanish, and it's very rare that I get to be the one who's like slightly more educated about one of the locations than everyone else is. So, you know, being able to have rudimentary conversation with like the wait staff and stuff like that, I kind of liked it. Um, especially it was like a challenge to me because a lot of the Spanish uh, came back. But yeah, we have been really lucky pretty much everywhere we go on our stops. It's just one of those places like not nah, everyone speaks English. It's fine. Yeah, it's also strange. And I discovered this, I guess, on the journey from the airport to the hotel about the fact that you have rich and poor at both extremes of the spectrum very close together. The fact that you have shanty towns on the doorstep of skyscrapers where apartments retail for a million dollars. It's a very strange place. And I guess it, just like many of the events we go to, and I think always think of Prague, which I always refer to as the space station, the fact that you're inside that Hilton Hotel and never leave. For a long time, we were pretty much confined to the resort where the event was taking place. And to actually get out and see some of the city, again, you would go through streets. We'd be like, oh, I'm not so sure about this. And then suddenly you're in this beautiful kind of like old town yeah. where there's all these lively bars and lively restaurants. I mean, your guys' um, perceptions are always slightly different than mine. Like, I didn't, like, I, I, there was no 
street that I turned down in that trip at all that I was like felt at all weird or whatever. But I think that, you know, just different sensibilities and stuff like that. Uh, I will say that I did notice some of the disparities you're talking about, James, but you know, it, things aren't that different in LA right now. No, I mean, this like, is the problem is it's becoming quite common the world over. It's no, by no means exclusive to Latin America. Yeah. But, uh, it was awesome. Like going to see that one part of old town. Uh, that was, I only left the, the hotel twice the entire trip. Once was to, uh, go to, uh, to pick up some outside liquor cause I was spending a lot of money. <laughs> and the other was uh, to go to this dinner, which was super fun. And it's so rare because we didn't bring that many people this time that I think it was almost every single person on, uh, who, who travels with us normally, who is there for production came out to dinner, right? Yeah. We went out to the old town, went to a restaurant called Casa Blanca, uh, had a really nice night out. Now on the way there, we had this minibus so we could all travel together. But on the way back, we kind of broke off into little groups and basically got into taxis. So the three of us were in a cab coming back to the hotel. And Joe, being a kind of a dab hand at this kind of thing, knew that the trick is to get the price up front so the guy then has no incentive to basically take you the scenic route or to basically kind of like drag his heels. Mm. But unfortunately, one of the... Net results of that is he drove like a fucking maniac to get us back as quickly as possible while listening to this Panamanian radio station that sounded like the dingo and the baby sketch from Family Guy, where the DJ is firing off these noises. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. DJ, yeah, yeah, DJ, right. super cool, super cool, Panama, Panama. So I forgot the air horn. I forgot the air horn today. I should have done. I should have done. It was the thing is a journey that took us about 25 minutes to get there in the minibus took something between five to seven minutes on the way back, which doesn't seem like time and space must have been bent somehow because there was so much traffic. I don't know how he managed it. Maybe the car was like volume. You know, like, it, 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 its fuel was the volume. So the louder the radio, the faster you get home. I can't work it out. Well, while we're talking about volume, while we're talking about audio, let's talk about the actual live stream itself. Now, I'm sure some people will have noticed that from time to time, it didn't sound as slick as Pokestars TV sometimes does. What? But behind the scenes, trust me, it was even worse. I think it was on the first day... <laughs> literally just before we went live joe and i sat there with our headsets on matt's in the room as well in the background but you haven't got headphones on and from your point of view matt you would have just seen two guys leap out of their chairs yeah. and pull their headsets off and throw them down there's a famous scene in the ipcrest file the michael kane movie where he is tortured with audio waves and it was just like that it was like Whoa! It was, it was something to see because I like to sit in the room even if I'm not on at the very top of a beginning of a new stop on the championship because I just want to hear James do his bit and f get a feel for it because if I'm not on for an hour and a half I don't want to kind of come in cold so watching both Joe and James just like ah! just leap out of their seats and throw their headphones off their brains it was quite scary well in order to give you guys some perspective on this too I've seen James chuck off his headphones at the at a loud noise a couple of dozen times in like the six years we've been working together. Maybe like twice a year he does it. Not a couple dozen times. Maybe like a dozen times. I have done it exactly one time, and it was from this noise. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, my headphones normally are turned up considerably louder than yours, so I'm a lot more susceptible to... Uh... 
And I could hear it because you saying I didn't have headphones on. That is true. But I could hear it thanks to James's headphones. And it was like Doctor Who was attacking. So in the movie, what was the po- the point of the... Okay, it's not like... No one was like injecting us with some sort of like secret code or something. No, no, no. That. No. Luckily, we're not being turned into uh, kind of killers by, by the Kremlin. I'm gonna. I'll tell just one Sandy story, and it's very mild. And basically, do you remember we did a rehearsal, James, for the uh, the, the trophy presentation? Uh, the rehearsal for the trophy presentation. This is on the final day in the morning. Uh, yes, yes, yes. It was. We're- so, um, do you remember how we chose Sandy to be the fake uh, winner? And to play the winner in the rehearsal. Yes, I remember that uh, Sandy decided that this would be uh, be their moment to shine, to stand Correct. there lifting the trophy. Sandy seemed very keen to have photographic evidence of this moment. Exactly. And so just quick Sandy story. So Sandy, I, I became friendly with a girl down there uh, who I met on Tinder. And she saw that photo on Sandy's Tinder. <laughs> Is Sandy claiming to be the winner of a Pokestars Championship main event? She did have to ask me if he was the real winner. (laughs) (laughs) So Sandy may or may not be taking credit for winning a poker (laughs) tournament in Panama. And I think Sandy's still there, or if not, definitely stayed a few extra days. Um, Alluding to some of the technical limitations, and I know a lot of people were very disappointed that with the final table we had to do things differently. That instead of us being in the same time zone, EDT or EST, as the audience, (laughs) uh, we were also delayed by 45 minutes. And we had to do that because to ensure the security, to ensure that everything worked, it just was simpler and it was the best solution. I would, again, like to reiterate, because we did say this on the stream, it's a one-off. This is not the norm from now on. But it was a tough decision. But again, and we said this, it was a a flip. Do you want to have the interaction or do you want to have cards up? Because you can only have one or the other. And I do think that most people probably preferred being able to see the whole cards on the final day. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Uh, I think that... And we had some fun with it. I thought it was... You know, Matt was pretty creative. We were all pretty creative about how we were interacting with the audience. Matt's competition's where he sets alarm for 45 (laughs) minutes. I enjoyed it. And, like, I I didn't get to finish my gag because uh, the tournament ended up ending... But uh, my gag about where I was like, well, if nobody has a problem with me telling the Canada story again, <laughs> I mean, I'll give you guys 15 minutes. If anyone tweets in in that time saying they have a problem with the story, I'm, I'll, I won't tell it. And who tweeted in 45 minutes later? Everybody. Lee Big Horse Jones. <laughs> oh, my Joe, God, Lee. I love you, but please don't tell the story. <laughs> But luckily it ended, so I didn't get a chance to tell it. Um, also, I'm so dumb. That one hour delay, I was an idiot. So usually after I get done doing the player intros, I don't have to go on the air for like 45 minutes afterward. So I just like sometimes go up to my room, just go have a snack. And I finish doing the the, uh, the intros and I w- I'm like walking, just strolling around trying to figure out how I'm going to spend the next 45 <laughs> minutes. And then I hear James doing commentary and I'm like, wait, what? Oh, shit. <laughs> We're not on delay today. The feed is on delay. The audience is on delay. Ah! So I had to like run into the booth. I wonder why you weren't there for the first three hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, th- three hands, I thought uh, I thought this final table uh, played out pretty fun. Um, yeah. It was everyone had like their own little character and their role, and they were far from robots for the most part. Um, it it played out kind of weird though. Like I don't think I could have. Pr- like, I don't make predictions in general, but I don't think I would have predicted this 
this order of finishing ever. Yeah, I guess as, as far as the final table dynamic and as far as uh, the play is concerned, we should probably save this for next week because we were hoping to get the winner, Kenny Smarin, on this week's show. But I think I'm right in saying, Joe, he's in transit today, but we're going to get Kenny on next week. Correct. Yes. Kenny has agreed. He, he wanted to do it this week, but he's going from Panama to Florida, I think he said today uh, during our show. So he's flying, but he's happy to come on next week. So we'll talk to him more about that. I will say, though, something I discovered, I think after he won, we were having beers after he lifted the trophy, me, James and Matt. And I just went, oh, my God, Kenny Smarin is Kenny. And we're he's like, the, he, yes, Joe, that's right. His <laughs> name is Kenny. Well done. You finally remembered it. No, no, no. He's the Kenny. He's the guy from Bryn Kenny's super high roller where he keeps going, keeps talking about Kenny. And I was like, what are you talking about? You're Kenny. <laughs> yes. We believe that this is the Kenny that Bryn Kenny was looking at when he didn't want to face the flop during all in situations and says he'd just read Kenny's reaction. So from one Kenny to another, uh, we have a couple of champions on our tour. So, guys, since we're not having a guest this week, I was wondering if Matt and James want to play one of my stupid games about Panama instead. What do you guys think? Well, the great thing is I was a little bit nervous, Matt, about how much I'd crash and burn during this. But then I realized, oh, the guests we normally have on barely get one right without <laughs> any help. So I figure we can't do worse. I'm That's quietly right. very excited. I thought I've used up my one chance to ever be in a quiz on the podcast when I when really early doors. I was like almost a super fan myself. So this is very exciting to me. I figured you guys would have some fun with it. Now, remember, since you're both playing the game, you may not Hector Hardigan or Bega Broughton uh -huh. as a lifeline, but you may, in fact, seduce a Stapleton, or you can jingle your keys at a Giles. <laughs> okay, so me and Giles are going to be the, uh, the, the lifelines here. I quite like the idea, if I don't know the answer to the question, to, of begging a Broughton and Matt giving me the answer. Nope, can't do it. Okay, not this fine. time. Uh, I'll what, do a quiz for you one day by yourself. What's the name of this game? The name of this game is called Panamaniacs, the game for the people who love pans and pan-named things. Are you ready? Yes. No. Come on. All right, since Matt said he was ready and James said no, Matt, you can choose question one through ten. You get two questions each, then there's a tiebreaker. Okay, and c again, can I just uh, ask about the what was that definition of the rules? It's the game for people who love pans and pan-named things. Right, okay. I'd like uh, number seven, please, obviously. Matt is always coming seven. A German word that means armor. Oh, man. Hang on a second. Pass. Can Matt I steal? Passes. James, you may steal. Panzer. Panzer is correct. Oh, damn it. Okay. So James is on the board. James, you get to choose questions one through ten minus seven. Three. Wow, he did 10 minus 7. All right, here we go. <laughs> James, a disease prevalent over a whole country or the world is called a... Pandemic. Wrong, it's called a meme. <laughs> what? Just kidding, James. Don't worry. Don't okay. worry. You got the question. James up 2 nothing. Matt, your turn. Okay. No, no 7, no 3. 1. Question 1. The name for the supercontinent landmass thought to have existed when all the continents of today were connected is uh. called what? Oh, pass. I, it's, it's escaped me. Oh, sorry. But it's okay. The, the answer we were looking for is Pangea. 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 
bloody hell. Uh, is it my question? Your question, James. James up two nails still. Uh, number nine. Question number nine. The 5,000-year-old owner of the Wing Kong Exchange. <laughs> <laughs> what? I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. Okay, I can, uh, I can give you a hint for half credit. Okay. From the movie Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, no idea. <laughs> Matt right. Steele? I was going to say Kung Fu Panda, but I'm guessing that's wrong as well. So, no, I have no idea. We're looking for David Lopan. David Lopan, the owner of the Wing Kong Exchange. <laughs> oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang oh. on. Oh, you should have jingled. Oh, too oh. late. Jingle my too late. Jingle my oh, too late. Right, okay, hit me, Joe. Matt, we got two, we got four, we got five, we got six, and we've got ten. Two, please. Someone who is not limited in sexual preference with regard to biological sex or gender identity would call themselves... Uh, open to anything? <laughs> oh, open to anything. anything. <laughs> James Steele, lock uh, this up. Nope. Pansexual. Oh. We're looking for pansexual. Oh, so simple. It is your question, James. Still up to nothing. Six. Question six. <laughs> the name given to the collection of New York City music publishers and songwriters who dominated the popular music of the 19th and 20th century in the U.S. You can steal this goal, Matt. Okay, Matt, is, it, is it Tim Pan Alley? Tim Pan Alley is correct. Yes. Matt is on the board. 2-1, James. Matt, your question. Five, please. Question five. Hillary Clinton's public appearance wardrobe of choice. Pantsuit. That is correct. It's a tied game. Uh, yes. Do you guys want the tiebreaker? Why not? Let's uh, let's go for the full Monty. The, okay. Now, this is what... Uh, this is not going to work at all. I can't <laughs> wait. The Panamaniac Esque. Remember, the name of the game is for people yeah, who no, love we got pans that. and yes, pan-named yes. things. The Panamaniac Esque catchphrase of John Hannibal Smith. And it was going to be whichever one of you guys said it faster. I love it when a plan pan comes, together. comes together. I love it when a pan comes together. Yes, Matt got it. I <laughs> love it when a pan comes together. But that's not the answer. Anyway, shh, don't answer. worry about it. Yay, thank you, everybody. Thanks so, so much. Absolutely delighted to be here. <laughs> this is a prime <laughs> opportunity for us to go into the lobby because I don't know whether you guys saw, but there was a big announcement in the last 24 hours, and that is that the 2017 Spring Championship of Online Poker schedule has been revealed. Um, when it comes to all of the various online events over the course of the year, for me, I think Scoop is my favourite, and I say that as someone who doesn't even play it. But it seems to generate the most excitement. I love the fact that it has the low, the medium, and the high, so everyone can take part. Uh, this year, an extra week has been added. What? So instead of starting just after Monte Carlo, it actually starts during Monte Carlo. Is that a good this idea? I mean, adding a whole week of online tournaments is like adding 500 more tournaments. <laughs> April the 30th to May 23rd, but the extra week is dedicated to event number one, which is going to be a phased tournament. So it's going to allow multiple re-entries over the course of the week. Wow. And there'll be an $11, $109, and $1,050 buy-in for event number one. Uh, as it always does, Scoop gets bigger every single year. $55 million <laughs> in guaranteed prize money. That's $15 million more than Scoop 2016. It's going to be the biggest series in the history of online poker. So all the details, thepokestarsblog.com, Scoop 2017. The schedule is now out. Um, I don't really play Scoop, but I'm kind of excited. Good job. 
good job them for getting someone that doesn't even play the tournaments kind of into it. it should exactly. provide a lot of content for the show. Uh, and I love seeing people win massive figures. So uh, that should be really fun. James, how are auditions going for the Cash Game Show? Have we picked our people yet? We have not picked our people yet. We are going through the shortlisting and interview process at the moment. First of all, thank you to everyone who played in the qualifying games. Uh, and thank you to everyone who submitted a video. going to be honest with you. The quality of submissions, really good. And what? bear in mind that we've run this process a few times. Obviously, it's how uh, qualifiers were casted for the big game back in the day. But also, we used this process for Shark Cage back in 2014 and 2015. And I saw many of the videos back then. And don't get me wrong, there were some good ones. But overall, the quality of auditions, the quality of submissions for this particular TV show is the highest I've ever seen it. And I actually think the team are going to have a hard job whittling it down to the two people who are going to get to come to Monte Carlo and compete in this uh, in this cash game. Any hot grills? <laughs> Joe, I cannot give you any information regarding who has been shortlisted as candidates for this show. You can ask, short-skirted? but do not expect any information. What I can tell you <laughs> is that this week's Superfan is standing by on the line. Superfan versus States. And at the risk of opening the door for Joe to start tell that dumb joke another time, we're going to go to Canada <laughs> and welcome Superfan Kai Waddell to the show. Hello, Kai. Hi, guys. Kai, I have to ask... Are you any relation to the darts legend, Sid Waddell? No, I'm not. Ah, oh, disappointing, <laughs> but not unexpected. Uh, welcome to the show. I, I genuinely feel, Joe, that this week we have a true super fan because Kai always watches the live streams, played in the recent PokerStars TV home game and has been very supportive over the years. Yeah, Kai's pretty awesome. I usually start off this... Uh little interview portion by saying who is your daddy and what does he do but instead i will ask do you know how the country of canada got its name <laughs> oh god <laughs> no i don't oh no don't no, oh, oh, don't kai, say that I, wouldn't it be my pleasure to tell you so kai i don't know if you know this or not but there are these two sorry guys what's that what's that giles oh canada. giles has just told me joe that we only have five minutes of tape left <laughs> So uh, we, we, we need to kind of get on with it and get to the quiz sooner rather than later. Uh, so, all right. Well, can we still talk to Kai about yes, her own life can. and self? Because I would like to know more about Kai. Kai, what's your story? Well, um, I'm um, district manager for a major grocery store chain in Canada. And uh, I'm married, have been for 27 years. And we have three kids four grandkids, and one more on the way. Wow. Is your spouse also a fan of us, or are we just not going to ever mention her? She, no, she is. She is. Um, but I sometimes get to work from home, so that's why I can watch the stream and take part in some of the games. Um, but but she, she does like you guys. She knows all about you, for sure. Okay, She's good. Watching. All right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. All Joe wants is adoration. That's all he needs. <laughs> Well, that, that is really all I want. Uh, Kai, when you say you're a district manager for a grocery store, does that mean you are the manager's bosses of individual stores? Well, more for more for head office. I just um, make sure that the standards are being kept. And uh, they the grocery stores I'm in charge of are independent, so they run their own business. I just make oh. sure that uh, they keep their standards up. 
Oh, interesting. And what's what is like the 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 worst infraction you've seen lately? Um, I would say, um, messiness. <laughs> Sometimes people get used to walking into the stores and and they don't. Uh, they don't see what the general public sees. So I have to have a courageous conversation with them about that. I'm picturing Kai walking through a grocery store the way my parents have walked through my bedroom, like pushing stuff with her foot, picking things. What is this? Why is this here? Why can't you put this away? <laughs> Did your parents used to walk through your bedroom with a hazmat suit on, Joe? <laughs> well, no, they were just, no. I mean, they probably should have in hindsight. Yeah. Maybe they'd be healthier these days. Kai, just before we get to your specialist subjects and the ensuing quiz, I believe you're coming to our side of the ocean soon. Yes, actually, we, we leave tomorrow. Wow. Yeah, I'm excited. And we have plans to play in the um, grassroots tournament at the Hippodrome. Cool. So cool. Hopefully that works <laughs> out. Now, sadly, I won't be playing because I'll be on holiday. But uh, if I do manage to make it down to the Hippodrome in the days before that, it would be lovely to see you. I'll look for you. Great. It's really easy to spot him. He's the one that's about two foot taller than humans. <laughs> 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 so Kai, tell us, what have you chosen as your specialist subject for this game? I chose uh, Jason Somerville's Twitch stream. What? Yeah. <laughs> How do you have time to watch Jason Somerville if you're watching <laughs> us, Kai? <laughs> Uh-oh. I watch his VODs. <laughs> so here's the thing, Matt. Mm. Obviously, oh, we are quite busy yes. live streaming ourselves, so yes. we don't necessarily have as much time to consume Jason Somerville's content as people like Kai. So you went to the man himself. Well, I mean, as we've alluded to, sometimes we just have to outsource because we don't have the internal knowledge. You guys came to me when there was a Matt Broughton superfan quiz, so who better to go to than the man himself? We got hold of Jason, and he has provided some questions for us. So I'm actually going to sit back and just let the man do the uh, the business on our behalf. Are you ready, Joe? I guess so. Are you ready, Kai? Yes, I am. Now, you're going to have to forgive me. Ordinarily, we let the guests go first, but on this occasion, we have to start with Joe because we've got some slightly simpler questions to give him the chance <laughs> of getting on the board. And the first one comes to Joe. So if you guys are ready, let's get this in going. Joe, your first question. All right, we got some big questions here for this super fan versus Stapes competition. Let's go. First question. The Run It Up Legion gathers twice a year at what city on the west coast of America? Okay. Did you hear that okay, Joe? I'm surprised that Jason Somerville had time to even do this, considering he streams 24 hours a day. I mean, um, he's, he's here with us. It's just we said we've got to keep it oh, really see. short. It's just behind me, Just, but I said just stick to the questions. We haven't got time. Fine. Sorry. I won't, uh, I won't ask. I won't say anything else. Uh, Reno. Run It Up Reno. That is correct. Good start. Okay, Kai, here comes your first question. Which of the following are not run-it-up emotes? Is it A, R-I-U Bink? B, R-I-U Gasm? C, R-I-U Illuminati? Or D, R-I-U Pork? Okay, so are you okay with those options? I would say uh, C. That is correct. There is no Illuminati, or is there? We can't say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Definitely no emote. So, good. Okay, we're all even. Here we go, Joe. Question number two. 
Prior to my partnership with PokerStars, Run It Up was created as a YouTube bankroll challenge series on what now closed poker site. Ultimate Poker. Wow. All going very well. Okay, next question for Kai. What is the name of my loyal, trusted, robotic bird companion? That would be Mirko. Wow. Not a single oh, missed question. It. It's tool. Okay, Joe, you're up. In the fall of 2016, this Team Poker Stars Pro joined me to play in the $100,000 buy-in Super High Roller WCOOP event live on stream and even rebought. Who was it? The Merce Dog. <laughs> okay, how are we doing this? Three two Joe's currently ahead. Joe's currently ahead. Only by virtue of the fact that Kai hasn't gone yet in the third round. All right, don't take it away from him. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't happen often. All right, Kai, you're up. Here he comes. In January of this year, Run It Up hosted the Aussie Millions. That ended with a massive hero call by the $100 satellite winner, Shireen Vajayaram. What hand did Vajayaram have? This one strikes me as a, a tricky one. Wow. Um, I watched it, but uh, I think it was... Um, I think he had queen six. I'm afraid that is not the correct answer. Joe, I know it's pointless asking whether you know, but do you want to guess just in case you get lucky? Oh, yeah. No, I want to guess. Go for it. Jack eight. I can tell you it was pocket fives. Pocket fives. Okay, this one's for Joe. Along with my good friends Steve O'Dwyer, Max Silver, and Vivek Rashkumar, my first online poker community was, multiple choice question, A, 2 plus 2, B, poker in the rear, C, pocket fives, or D, poker strategy? Hmm. Narrowed it down to two. Okay. I'm going to go with 2 plus 2. No, I can tell you it was poker in the rear. Oh wow. It's a good name. I giggle I that was honestly did not narrow it down to that one. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, where are we doing on the scores here? Three two. Okay, Kai, here comes your next question. Which of these team poker stars pros have never, never ever joined me on Run It Up? Is it A, Chris Moneymaker? D, Daniel Negranu? C, Elki? Or D, Barry Greenstein. Is it my imagination or are there two Ds there? <laughs> there might have been. Let's not get too wrapped up in There's it. There's certainly two Ds in the studio. <laughs> hey! Okay, Kai. I think um, it's it's B, Daniel Negrano. I'm afraid it was oh. Chris Moneymaker. Okay, Joe, your last question coming up. Over or under? My biggest on-stream cash was $50,000. Over or under? Under. That is correct. And there's a bonus. Can you tell me exactly what the win was and in which competition? A point it for was both. It was $48,312. Pretty close. No. In the, in the scoop medium. Right, no, it wasn't. It was 41,360 in the Thursday Thrill. Okay. 
Last chance for vengeance. Here you go, Kai. And the last question, one that I remember very well. In 2011, I won my only World Series of Poker bracelet, the very first hand of Heads Up Play, in a $1,000 buy-in, no-limit hold'em event. With what hand? Multiple choice question. A, ace, ace. B, five, three of spades. C, five, three of clubs. D, deuces. Oh, wow. Um, I know his favorite hand is 5-3 of spades, so I'm going to guess 5-3 of spades. I really wouldn't. I really wouldn't. I know it's his favorite. <laughs> I know it's his favorite, but let me just stop you there before you commit to your answer. It's pretty definitely not 5-3. Not just, just, just as a clue. Okay. Thank you, Matt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Aces. Yes. Yes! Correct. And that was a special bonus question that was worth three points, James. So where does that leave us? Well, that leaves us with a final score of four points to Joe Stapleton, but five points to Superfan Kai. Wow, pretty close. What? I forgot to mention that the last question was a three-pointer. Sorry about that, but uh, wow, that's made a massive difference to the scoreboard. It well has done. turned things around and it ensures that Kai wins this game, wins the $27 satellite ticket and the Everyone Loves a Chop Pot hoodie. You guys are the best. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you very much for coming on the show, Kai. We will ship you your prizes, and hopefully we'll see you when you're in London. Thank you. All right, kids, we're almost out of time for this week's show. Coming up next time, I will be in the United Kingdom in the studio with those two knuckleheads. <laughs> is there a third microphone? There is. In fact, it's already been installed, ready and waiting for you. Wow. Okay, good, because I don't think that uh, me and Matt can really uh, Stevens Van Zant, Bruce Springsteen an entire show. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think it'd be nice. We'd be, like, we'd be like Paul McCartney and George Harrison. We'd just come together <laughs> for the big whoops. By the way, thank you both for the automatic assumption that I would not be willing to share my microphone. <laughs> the assumption I wouldn't correct. be willing to share with you. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, what is coming up on next week's show that will feature you inside the studio? All I really know at this point is that we're going to have Kenny Smarin on yes. the show. Uh, so that should be pretty fun. And we can go into the final table at Panama in a little more in-depth than we did today. We are also going to have a super fan on who wants to quiz me in fishing trivia. Yeah. <laughs> so you were expecting this to be a RoboCop-themed superfan quiz. That one's been deferred until the 19th of April. <laughs> so I know you were doing some research last night. Can you start looking up fishing on Wikipedia instead? You know what? I've uh, I've been fishing a bunch of times in my life. Really? Uh, yeah, I used to fish all the time with my Can't dad. Tell if he's joking. I don't think. No, I, no he I, probably you know, did. I, I mean, don't forget, he wasn't allowed to watch films or do anything else fun, but <laughs> being allowed to float on a river with a stick and some string as a child sounds probably within his remit. That was that was like the one thing me and my dad did together. We did two things, bowling and, uh, well, it wasn't so much bowling together as me bowling and him yelling at me, but then fishing was the same thing. <laughs> oh, this actually might work out then, wow. because isn't the subject lakes and rivers? Yes, course fishing, which means nothing to me. The sweet irony of the timing is I was actually halfway through. I was up to question five of the RoboCop quiz thinking, I love it. I love it when I'm given a quiz where I actually know this. And my phone went, diddly do, and it was James going, RoboCop cancelled next week fishing and i'm like oh man i've never been fishing in my life so yeah i've got a busy few days ahead of me okay well fishing trivia on the next show i mean we've we've already gotten so much mileage out of it can't wait for the actual quiz <laughs> 
I got a big stand-up show in New York City this weekend. Maybe we'll get a story out of that. Not really sure what is happening, but for now, we are going to put a pin in this episode of Poker in the Ears. For my co-hosts, James Hardigan and Matt Broughton, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. <laughs>